All right, and welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. Thank you for stick, sticking around. This is my third and final segment of the night. I don't think there's any surprises coming along, but I've got anyone who spent time with me knows that I'm always talking about like, hey, food, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about some stuff. It's been a long time since I've actually had a chef on the program, and I've got Post League, um, also known as Post Midnight. For those of you who are in the area, um, not only is he a chef and a very good chef, but he's a warm personality. Um, in addition to that, he's a performing artist, a writer as well, and um, he's got a he's got a bunch of other stuff going on. But we're not going to get into the details about that right now. We're going to focus on him as a person, performing arts, spoken word, just a little bit, please. All right, all right. And then we're going to get into talking about all the food that you love cooking. So without any further ado, welcome to the program. Thank you, John. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's awesome to have you. I know it's been a long time. It has been. It <laughs> but, has been. But the one thing that I appreciate about you is that you've always been candid. You've always been someone, you wear your emotions very much on your sleeve. Um, I think anyone who's been in this region at any of the spoken word sites or hanging out at some of the local establishments, you've come through at some point in time. So it's uh, it's awesome to have you here. As I said, it's a pleasure. And you're right, I do wear my heart on my sleeve, but I feel like um, that kind of emotional honesty is a rarity in this day and age. we got everyone who kind of lives for Facebook, lives for Instagram, here, you know, making it look like they're living their best life. And that's an impossible standard to me. Like, no one is having their best day every single day. I mean, you have good days, you got bad days. And let's talk about the good and the bad, because that's what really unites us all. We're all being real, we're all being human. That's that connectedness right there. That's right. And for those of you who have not seen or... Well, you obviously haven't seen the TV portion, which will be on Friday night, beginning at 11 p.m., um, you only hear this voice, and, it, and I'm not sitting in here with the reincarnation of Barry White, but his voice, his, his voice does resonate quite like that. And uh, Post, let's, let's talk about your voice and how you utilize that um, not only um, in, in your profession, but also on stage. Um, I mean, it's, it's been, obviously, it's been a blessing, it's been a gift. Um, sometimes people only know me by my voice, which is kind of amusing. <laughs> Um, but whether it's my background in spoken word and as a performer with the, with the theatrical training, trying to find ways to really connect with people. I mean, I think our voices are probably the most powerful tool we have in anyone's arsenal because, I mean, without your voice, how can you tell your story? You know, unspoken is always unheard. Mm. And um, it is our responsibility to communicate as, I think, as honestly, as passionately as possible because when you're passionate about something, there's no hiding it, right? Like, mm -hmm. when it's real, it's real. You know when people are faking it. Mm -hmm. You know when people are being honest about it. And I, I like to think that, that uh, there's a genuine quality to myself and my voice, and hopefully that I can inspire other people to kind of get them to utilize their voice in the same way. I mean, when it comes back to spoken word, I've always done, when I've done workshops and such, I would encourage anyone, anyone in my workshops to bleed on the page. Like, don't hold anything back. Like, let it out. Because those wounds that you're, that you're trying to heal through your art are wounds that aren't just yours alone. Yes, they may be unique to you, but you know we've all got some type of scarring. And again, it's that—that's the commonality that that brings us together as people. Mm. See what I mean? <laughs> Mic drop. So, post. Let's talk about what's happening here in Trenton. Um, you know, Absolutely. your your connection here in Trenton, and um, what you're doing here in Trenton, and then let's transition right into food. All right. So. Um, it's weird. Like I'm, I think I'm kind of the inverse of a lot of stories. I mean, once I moved out to Jersey when I was a teenager with my parents, uh, mom and dad are still living in Pennington. I migrated into Trenton, and I used to get that look from people when I was coming into Trenton to do spoken word events. Would I be like, "You're going into Trenton?" Like there, there was this fear, and I'm like, "Why?" 
it's a city. There are people. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly. there, there's no reason to have these these hushed tones, these clutch, you know, clutching the pearls, grabbing the purse type of deal. Like it needs to be. It, it's a place and embrace it. And Trenton's not perfect, but there's so much beauty in this town. And part of what I've been working to do, part of what I've been looking to do, is trying to. I mean, connecting with the the artistic scene in so many different ways. And taking the opportunity to really kind of celebrate mm -hmm. all that is Trenton. You know, I mean, we it's been, 2018's been a heck of a year. I mean, what was it? It was back in June that there was the the, the shooting at Arnold Night. I mean, there's been um, so much violence in the media, so much violence in the news. And the fact that people were looking at national news coverage and seeing Trenton as this, this, this you know, hotbed of violence now. That we were just another casualty on the list of, the increasing list of cities that are being plagued with gun violence and, and mass shootings. It's like, nah, that's not my home. That is not what I, that's not what I'm claiming. That's not what we're about. That's not what the city's about. It is bigger, better, and brighter than all of that. And my Trenton might not be there yet, but it's definitely on the come up. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate you saying that too, because I think um, it's, it's easy for people to look at something from a distance and think they know it or to have someone explain to them a particular narrative and accept that as gospel, as truth, without even taking an opportunity to feel for themselves. It would be like, um, it would be like me explaining your over-the-top cheesy macaroni and cheese to someone and them fully being able to appreciate it. Absolutely. It doesn't, you just, you can't. You have to actually get a fork in there and see the cheese and smell it and all that <laughs> other stuff and then to taste it for you to understand. Because if you say, oh yeah, dude, it's too much cheese, meaning in a good thing, people are like, oh my God, well, I don't like cheese. I'm lactose intolerant. But maybe you ought to just have a fork. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, but that's, a, that is honestly, Jock, one of the most perfect metaphors in general for existence, right? Like life really is about experience not living vicariously through someone else, not saying, you know, that like, again, somebody's Instagram story, somebody's Facebook story. Like, nah, it's about get out there and live your life. Do the things. Find a way to chase, chase those dreams. Do what you're capable of. Find out that you're capable of more than you thought you were. Like, push yourself, right? Like, what is life if not constantly learning, if you're not challenging yourself, if you're not growing? What are we doing with this planet, right? What are we doing with ourselves? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Um, with that statement, I kind of wish you are a politician and not a chef. Because then I think that we'd be able to move this whole society faster forward, more progressively, <laughs> <laughs> almost like, like a meal. You know what I mean? Absolutely. As opposed to the bureaucracy and everything else that slows things down to a grinding halt. And then we say, hey, you know, civil rights movement from the 1960s, and, you know, we're still fighting that now? This is true. Right, but we ain't, we ain't gonna get into that. But no, but here's the thing though, right? <laughs> I mean, you look at it, historically speaking, yes, there are a few notable exceptions, but history doesn't record the words of politicians. It records the poets, the artists, the painters, the musicians. It records the people who are truly passionate about it and, and to some degree reflecting on the times that they're living in. The people, the, the bureaucrats, you know, name, name two or three Romans who were under Julius Caesar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, name the Secretary of State from like two or three presidents ago. You can't do it. But what you can do is know that this art was born of this particular time. These words were the direct response to uh, the climate. So you talk about things that happening, you know, in bureaucracy, and you're right. Bureaucracy is notoriously slow, but you can change the world over the course of a good meal. Oh, for real. And that's why I always encourage folks, let's sit down and have a chat over a meal. Because what I've learned is that when you do that, especially if it's a good meal or good service, 
it changes the whole dynamic. I've sat down and had conversations with people who I have very little in common with other than the fact that they're human beings. Absolutely. And when we were leaving, we were hugging like we were best friends, talking about what we ate or what okay. we drank. So let's, let's transition and talk about food. Okay, because, let's do it. Because you've been doing food for as long as I've known you, and it's, it's I would assume it's probably been like five, six years now. Oh, it's been, it's been longer than that, but yes. Oh, no, long, yeah, dude, there's history, man. There's wow. history. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what first attracted you to food from an artistic standpoint, not just from the sustenance, like you know you eat and this tastes good, but from an artistic standpoint? Food is, well, food has always been a part of my life, right? I mean, it's been a part of everybody's life. Otherwise, we don't live very long. Mm -hmm. um, my parents, you know, were, were crazy. They'd always get up and make me breakfast in the morning when I was a kid. So my friends would be talking about, I, you know, I had grape nuts for breakfast. And nobody's ever been excited about grape nuts. <laughs> um, you know, I'd be sitting there. My parents would hook me up with an omelet for breakfast. You know, the little breakfast bragging rights. Like, I had an omelet. Um, and then all the way through college, I was the dude who could take really, really bad alcohol, but make it to a drink you wouldn't regret that night, but the next morning. But my penance is I'd make you breakfast. Mm. Um, food has always been, to some degree, an expression of love. And as uh, the whole culinary side has become more of a career, um, and it's become a way of life, right? And so I, I love sharing that love with people because you can taste the difference. Like, you can taste when food has not been made with love. There are restaurants you go into like, oh, yeah, somebody had a bad day. You can taste the bad day on your fork. Um, but when you actually care about the ingredients, you take the time to craft something and share it with people. There is not just an energy and an aura around the meal itself, but the experience at every single bite takes you someplace new. At least in my humble opinion. So, like, the artistic side, they always say that baking is a science, but cooking is an art. Um, baking because if you add too much baking powder or baking soda, the kitchen could, you know, explode in a, in, a, in a puff of flour, right? But when you're cooking it, I mean, at least when I'm cooking, I feel like it's a lot like jazz. You know, I will get into a groove and be like, you know what, this needs something. Let me toss some garlic in. You know, I feel like this needs a little bit of heat. Let me bring a little pepper in. Let me do something like that because food is a lot like music to me. And that's how I approach it because every good meal should be like a good band. You know that there's a rhythm section, you know there's drums, keys, all that happening, right? And you can pick out the distinct parts if you're really listening for it, but more importantly, come together harmoniously mm -hmm. and uh, support and celebrate and kind of shine a spotlight on whatever it is you're focusing on. So let's say you made a you know, phenomenal steak with all these other sides, all these other components. That steak is the star. The steak is the front man, right? Mm -hmm. But everything else is working supported to bring those flavors and that harmony. Because when a good meal is there, like I said, it gets you humming, gets you toe tapping. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and, and I, I often do this with musicians, but um, I think this is the first time I'm asking this question to a chef, um, to someone who, who's a professional chef. Um, is there anything particular that is like right on the forefront. Like it is on your mind right now, preparing it, um, a particular ingredient, uh, a particular um, meat or something. Um, I've got to say there's nothing, there's no one ingredient in particular, partially because um, like I think any decent chef, I'm a slave to seasonality. You know, we live in a convenience culture where you can go to Wegmans, stop and shop, wherever you can grab any food pretty much any time of year and that is not how we are supposed to eat 
Um, there's a reason why, you know, in the springtime and the early summer when strawberries are in season and you can get them right around the corner and they are fresh and they are juicy, you can smell them down the block, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's a reason why those strawberries are amazing then. And right now, if you go and get uh, get a thing of strawberries, a clamshell like that, eh, they're berries technically. But now is not the time for the strawberries. Yeah. You know, if we embrace the seasonality of the foods, it changes everything. Your food is fresher. You feel healthier. Like, um... I guess so really what I'm thinking about because as we were sitting as I was sitting waiting to come in I was able to have a conversation with um, your, your previous guests and some of the guests who were on our show early and we started talking about how healthy food and Trenton is something that really kind of needs to come together because people look at healthy like it's a dirty word mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong I used to be one of those people. I still, somewhere in my heart of hearts, believe bacon is a food group. But that's a different yeah, I'm conversation. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That's a different conversation. <laughs> but the fact is, um, healthy doesn't have to mean nasty. And that's what it's kind of become synonymous with in a lot of people's brains. Like, oh, that can't, you know, that, that, that's healthy. It can't taste good. Nah. Nah. That's not how I play. Um, I jokingly have a friend. I tease her. I say that she's allergic to life. Because she's got so many allergies, <laughs> like she can't eat this, she can't eat that. She was eating vegan just out of necessity, not out of desire. But I'm like, the one of the foundations of our friendships, I told her, life is too short to not be delicious, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> I mean, if you got to eat, it might as well be good. So, like, um, at one point I had taken, <laughs> taken oats and raw beets and coconut oil and basil and sage, a little smoked sea salt, um, mushrooms, and blended them together until it formed an almost ground beef-like consistency and then pan-seared them in coconut oil and made these beet balls. And entirely vegan, I know people sometimes look at beets like beets, like, you know, like, and they just kind of turn their nose up. But then I had carnivores and they're going like, yo, these beet balls are on point. You know, and it's one of those things where uh, just because a food is healthy doesn't mean that it has to be an unpleasant culinary experience. Mm. And so trying to get that into the, the collective Trenton consciousness is definitely, I think, what's what's at the forefront of my brain. Because when you control your diet, when you control your kitchen, you control your life, you control your future, man. Like, it's, I don't even know how to break it down. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, we're, we're going to be uh, finish up the program. I want to definitely have you come back in a very short period of time so that we can kind of rehash this and expand upon it. But I'd like for you to share about what's ha what happens on Sunday nights. So, um... I've been I've fallen into it now. It's been it's been almost a year um, where I extend an open invite to a lot of my friends on Facebook, and I'm blessed to know so many artists and painters, musicians, just uh, a lot of the Trenton artistic scene. And uh, I host a Sunday dinner, and it's I had to put a headcount cap on it because it started off about five six people, and then uh, about a month ago it was getting to like thirty plus people. So I'm like, you know, I got to scale this back a little <laughs> exactly. bit, a little bit. But um, it's that weekly recharge or the bi-weekly recharge that we all need because we need to come together over a plate. And sometimes you'd be amazed at what can be squashed over a good meal. Mm, fantastic. Dirty, sexy sauce oh, yeah, is, is what we have. Look at this for y'all who are watching. But post, um, besides having you on, uh, on my social media site where people can get in contact with you, how can people find out more about you? Uh, you can find the page on Facebook. It's Dirty Sexy Food. The website is DirtySexyFood.com. Um, from there, I'm actually setting up a, a marketplace where you can order Dirty Sexy sauces, because and those are vegan, gluten-free, as locally sourced and sustainable as possible, trying, again, to make Trenton something that the world really wants to take again. Because what Trenton makes, 
is what it's all about. That's perfect timing. Post-midnight. Thank you so much, sir. Absolutely a pleasure, man. Thank you. You're welcome. You've been listening and watching the Triton 365 show. We'll be back next week, approximately 8 p.m. to 9, with some amazing guests like the ones I had tonight. Always send me an email, Triton365show at gmail.com, and follow me on social media platforms, Triton365. Have a great night, friends.